Well, good afternoon and welcome to the weekend. This uh, final Saturday of May 2014, as we start uh, heading into the throes of summer. This, I believe we used to celebrate Memorial Day on uh, the 31st, either the 30th or the 31st, uh, back in the day, instead of uh, earlier. Not quite sure when that changed or why. Hey, this is Bob Goodman, and welcome to a whole nother thing. This week's episode, we have a very special guest in the studio, welcoming back Phil Levitt, one half of Seven Horse, drummer Phil Levitt. Of course, you probably know Phil from the days with Dada. Those of you that listen to this show on a regular basis over the last, uh, well, 12 or 13 years, I'm a big Dada fan, and uh, Phil and Joey Callio splinted off a little bit here on what was uh, to be a side project, and it's uh, become organic, a life of its own. And Phil is back in the studio. They have a brand new CD, and we're going to delve deep into it, as well as listen to some of the... Uh, First CD, Let the Seven Horse Run, the one that brought them to worldwide attention in the motion picture, The Wolf of Wall Street. Those of you that saw that remember the scene, but the trailer, and uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, quite a bit of other stuff. So stick around for that. We'll get into that about uh, probably about 20 minutes after the hour. Those of us lucky enough to live in South Orange County, well, we have uh, what I call abundant sunshine. We have an afternoon high of about 80, and this evening we're going to have an overnight low of about 57. Looking ahead to uh, the work week, the first week of June, well, we're going to have mostly sunny skies through the period with highs in the mid to upper 70s. Right now, outside our studios, high atop the campus of Saddleback College in Mission Viejo, we have a very lovely 80 degrees, and as I always like to say, nothing but blue. So we're going to kick things off, get you warmed up for Phil and some seven-horse music in this first set. It's a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM 88.5. Oh, oh, baby, why you treat me mean? 
play the concertina, I'll be a temptress. And baby, I'm defenseless. Singing harmony in unison. Sweet harmony. Got a hoisty flag and I'll beat your drum.
locked up in jail On a Wednesday My trial was attested On a Thursday Nobody would go my bail
From Saddleback College, it's a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. What a way to start, huh? Let the seven-horse run. In the studio, our special guest, welcome back, Phil Levitt of... uh, Here he comes. Well, wait a second. (laughs) What happened here? Technology rearing its... Welcome back to a whole nother thing, Phil. Thank you, Bob. Good to be here. Yeah, man. you got all kinds of exciting things going on. Just to recap that set, the title tune from the first CD, Let the Seven Horse Run. Right before that, Lowell George, Little Feet, and Hamburg of Midnight. A bit of Rye Cooter on a Monday. Seven Horse, once again, from the first CD. And uh, Good Night, Sweet Dream. Uh... By the way, a personal favorite of mine. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, the, the great album, whole album is fabulous. But that song, uh, first time I heard it, just grabbed me. And 
Lil Feet, Roll em Easy, and start things off with Led Zeppelin. I know a bit of an influence. A little bit, yeah. A, a, little, a little bit of an influence. Phil Levitt, uh, drummer, one half of Seven Horse, former drummer of Da Da the Band, who just uh, celebrated their 20th anniversary, what, last year? Yeah. And uh, Joey Calio, the bass player, and Phil, uh, you know, the rhythm section of Da Da the Band, kind of splinted off, did a side project, and... Uh, Man, you guys have been busy. Thing took off. Had some legs. Yeah, and <laughs> you were here. I, I looked, and you were here in April 2011. And I remember, it wasn't a cassette. You brought. You actually brought a CD or something. Yeah, I think I brought like a, a thumb drive. A, a, I think I brought a CD of uh, you know like rough mixes or something. I it wasn't even, wasn't even finished when I brought it in here. Right, and you said I don't know what I was thinking about, but I did it. <laughs> and you asked if if we could play it, and I said yeah, sure. And I, I thought it was great, and and it was uh, it, and it was Meth Lab Zozo sticker, and, right? And uh, that of course has propelled you guys to worldwide attention is that crazy i yeah. mean that was the thing that song was the, basically the birth of the project the birth of the band seven horse uh you know it started as a as just kind of a, an art project that's how i always let's let's just call it an art project art let's project. not get too serious about anything we'll call it an art project that way we don't have to live up to anything we'll just go in and see what happens and uh you know i had gotten this riff from joey as we were writing via iPhone, the thing said Meth Lab Zoso sticker on it. And uh, the day two in the studio, we recorded this thing. I wrote some lyrics against that. I mean, he, I don't think he even intended that to be the title. That was just a temporary holding <laughs> title, a placeholder. So I took that thing and sort of developed it a little bit, and we got back together and went in the studio. And day two, we recorded that track basically as an art project and that thing ends up in the wolf of wall street you know, martin scorsese found, finds it and uh yeah it puts it uh, around the world so so your first single was uh meth lab zozo sticker it's got this great riff but the title and the lyrics make people a little bit squeamish and and all of a sudden you get a phone call from martin scorsese's people and says uh, we're considering this tune for our film that's right what was that like well, that was, uh, you know, actually it, was, it came via email and uh, you get this email, you don't know where it's coming from. And it's like, uh, you know, somebody who sounds official saying I represent Scorsese and, you know, we'd like to license this track. And uh, as Joey always says, you know, he was looking for where, where do I have to enter my social security number? Is this some kind of a scam here? Is somebody trying to get my credit card information? Um, Nigerian bank account. Exactly. You know, I'm help me. I'm trapped in Tangiers. Can you please send me a million dollars? Um but we, you know, chased it down, and uh, it turned out to be legit. And, uh, you know, of course we were interested. Who wouldn't be? I mean, Scorsese is so well-known for how he uses music and films, and it was sure. such an honor to be uh, selected. And uh, then, you know, uh, without any representation or anybody kind of running interference for us, uh, I got in the middle of it and had to negotiate this thing. And, you know, little did they know, we would have, of course, given it to them for free. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we didn't want them to know that. Uh, and we were told that, you know, like, you have to be careful because if you come in too high on something like this, he's just going to pass and you'll never hear from him again. Right. So we gave him a number that we thought was fair. And um, and then they said, OK, well, we'll take it to the to the boss. And, uh, you know, you won't hear from us for a while. If, if it's going to happen, we'll be back in touch. If it's not going to happen, you'll never hear from us again. And it took months. I mean, it was months and months because, you know, he's editing the film and the song sure. is in and he's cutting it. 
And finally, uh, this was this was over the summer, and finally in October, we get a. Uh, we actually heard from Joey's brother. He heard the trailer. The song was in it, so we figured, well, we're probably in. So is that kind of like uh, hearing your your song for the first time on the radio type feeling? Uh, it's it's like that, yeah. It kind of validates, right? It totally. Validates your, yeah, you know. it was it was a huge shot in the arm for us because you know we really didn't know where this. I mean, we had taken this thing as far as we could take it on that record. I mean, we did we we had had another single out and we had toured around it, and then we right. went out and did a whole Dada tour with Seven Horse opening just because we were trying to keep it alive. We wanted to take uh, Dada out for the twentieth anniversary, and we thought, well, what better way to keep seven horse on the road than to just put us out as the opening act so we were opening for ourselves right um and we had kind of come to the end of all that but uh, we had decided to make another record and we were in the middle of recording it when all this thing started happening with uh, scorsese and that really gave us a shot in the arm because it, it as you said i mean it kind of took us around the world i mean we've got people you know we've, oh, we yeah. see where, where people are coming from there it's all over the planet so it's it's pretty cool oh yeah and I, I remember seeing the trailer for the first time and i said wow I know those guys. Right. They, they, they actually played that on my show before anybody else had ever heard it. That's right. And that's a just, just, uh, uh, wow, what a stamp of, you know, of uh, approval, you know. So uh, you're doing some more stuff like that. Uh, well, we, you know, we'd love to. Yeah. I mean, that song, now, of course, when you get something like that, then other things start opening up for you. Sure. I and mean, that's the way it works. You know, um, advertisers start coming around. You know, all the stuff that used to be so uncool for bands to do is now so absolutely necessary. Hey, Dylan, Dylan does. Yeah. I mean, I saw him on television on the Super Bowl. I couldn't right. believe it. Um, but, so you're doing a commercial uh, for Jeep? Uh, we had a Jeep commercial in Canada right. that, right. that ran. I mean, you know, the, all stuff from the first record, that song, Good Night, Sweet Dream, I think is going to be in a, in a film. Um, you know, when somebody like Scorsese says, "Hey, this is cool," then everybody kind of perks their head up, and uh, we couldn't be, ha- you know, we ha- we couldn't be more thrilled by that because uh, nowadays, with music basically being free, um, you know, that's it, it, that's absolutely essential for a band to survive is to uh, get those kind of opportunities. Oh yeah, it's great, and uh, it's just uh, happenstance that uh, well, so. Somebody heard the song or... You know, that's the funny thing about it. We tried to find out the answer. You know, wouldn't it be great to know if it was that Martin Scorsese who heard this and decided, but we weren't weren't able to track it down. There's so many different possibilities. He... what I did find out is he he does find his own music for his films, right? But then of course there's a team of people working on it as well. Could have been the music supervisor. Could have, Robbie Robertson was working on the film? Wouldn't that have been cool if he yeah, was the one sure. who found it? But I really don't know the answer. Huh. Well, I that's... asked to go to the premiere. I thought maybe I would get a chance to meet him, and they laughed at me over the phone. So. <laughs> and, and how about the Oscars? Uh, yeah, no, they played it at the Oscars, right. but we weren't invited. Right, right. And uh, I can't imagine that uh, nobody knows the film. It's called The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, what, what a great film and uh, great cast. And, of course, uh, the music was fabulous and included Seven Horse. Yeah, it was incredible to be in that mix of music, too. I mean, it was, you know, Howlin' Wolf and Bo Dudley. Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, what a thrill. And yeah, on the as soundtrack you said, album. You as know? you said, he's, uh, he's a very eclectic guy in, when it comes to music, but he's got great taste. So yeah. that immediately... Uh, you get the approval from there. It's about 29 minutes after 3 on this Saturday, the last Saturday of May 2014. Bob Goodman in the studio with my guest, Phil Levitt of Seven Horse, formerly of the group Dada. He's also played with 
the blue man group in Vegas. You may have seen him painted blue. <laughs> How was that? That was a fun show. You know, I didn't actually have to do the bald and blue thing because uh, the, that's just the, the actual blue men. There's a band that does a different kind of uh, face painting, you know, multicolored uh, day glow face painting. If anybody's seen the show and, you know, it's in cities all over America. But I played in the uh, Vegas cast, the original cast in Las Vegas in 2000, 2001. It was right. really fantastic. There was... Uh, a group of incredible musicians out there from all over the country. And I had never done really a, a theater thing before. So that whole experience of being around uh, in a theater environment, you know, uh, w- was a lot different for me, but um, we had a great time out there. A lot of my buddies that were in that show at then are still out there. I mean, they made a, a whole life for themselves out in Las Vegas. I had to get, I'm from Vegas, but after about two years, I'd had enough. I had to get out of there. Um, but, um, you know, I love it out there. It's my hometown and it was great to come back and work there. And this was during a, a hiatus, one of your uh, hiatus with uh, Dada. Yeah, this was in a time when, uh, you know, at the end of the nineties, Dada had been signed to, um, MCA records right. and, uh, there was a t- corporate takeover merger. It was kind of when everything started to come apart and uh, we got dropped when the new bosses came in. And we really, at that point, nobody really had a clue on how to proceed without a record label. Now right. it's, you know, now you kind of, it's much easier to do. Sure. But in those days, we didn't have any clue on how to go forward. And so we stopped. Like and now, like now with the new records, what are you doing? Well, now you just, you can hire everybody yourself. Right. You know, if you can get some money together, I mean, you see, it, nothing is free. So Kickstart. You can do stuff? it, yeah. We we uh, on the first record we uh, crowdfunded a tour, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, that worked for us. This time we were fortunate enough to get Mr. Scorsese involved, so we took the wow. the money from the film and we put it back into the project. We made another record, and now we're out, you know, uh, uh, promoting it. And the, all the pieces that used to be in house at a record label, whether it's a publicist or a ra- radio promotion person, right. marketing, those are all those people are all out in the street now, yeah. and they're hanging out their own shingle, and they're all for hire because <laughs> the record labels, you know, they don't exist like they used to, right. except for a few. So there's a lot of people who used to have record label jobs who are now doing it independently. So I'm running a record label basically with one artist, Seven Horse, right? And I'm the president. So it's kind of a better situation than it used to be because in the old days. You know, if the if the once the label got tired of your act, they pulled the plug on you. Now we're in charge. We got the plug, right? At least you know your interests are right. <laughs> being taken care of. <laughs> They're aligned, yeah. exactly. And uh, so, so you're doing the label. You have your own publishing company. That's right. And uh, wow, that's great. Yeah, we we uh, things are going well right now. I mean, it's a tightrope walk because it's all about you know the the. Uh, it's like, how long can you do it, you know, until the money runs out? So you're just trying to keep it alive as long as you can. Sure. Juggling. and uh, Yeah. It's just like any other small business, though. Any startup. That's how we looked at it when we got started. You know, we, right. we had to put some money together and we had to take it out on the road and get our product out to the to the people. Right. And for us, it's really uh, the point of it all is so we can go out and, and play, play gigs. Because right. we're really all about being out on tour and being on the road. And that's what we're trying to create for ourselves is that lifestyle because uh, that's something that's been in my blood since I was a kid. I mean, I was on the road when I was 18, right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just trying to keep it alive. But it's quite a bit different than uh, Dada. You were doing tour buses. Uh, yeah. IRS, 
Records and right. then M- and then MCA and then was there Geffen involved? Uh, no, no. Joey used to work at Geffen. Oh, okay. But uh, no, we were at IRS and MCA, and yeah, you know, our first one of our big tour, first big tour on uh, with Dada was we were supporting Sting. Right, police. You know, so uh, oh, was it Sting or Sting? Sting, Sting right? Yeah, in like nineteen ninety three, we went out with Sting. We did the U.S. and and Europe, and yeah, it was our first trip on a on a bus. And once you get on a tour bus, you never want to get off. You know, <laughs> um, so it's a lot different than that now. We had to break it all the way back down to the beginning. I mean, when Seven Horse went back out on the road uh, a couple of years ago, it was just uh, the two of us in a van hauling our gear and getting back to the ground level of what this thing is all about, which was really good for us. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I followed you on Facebook the first uh, the first year, and uh, you know, one day you're in Mobile, Alabama. The next day you're in uh, uh, towns I never heard yeah, of. Yeah, no, we but... were all over the place. We we put on some. I think we drove about thirty thousand miles uh, <laughs> in in a you know six weeks or something. It was crazy, crazy. But, but but it, it it gave you something that I, I guess when you were with Dada you were a little bit sheltered from all that all the mechanics of it. And- uh, well, I was at the beginning, but of course in the last ten years of Dada I was running that too, you know, because right. we were without management and uh, you know in order to keep that thing alive. That was that fell on me to uh, to to get tours booked and to line up the logistics. I was booking the hotel rooms and getting the gear lined up. Right. So uh, you know, I kind of got I got a lot of experience doing it for Dada, and then when Seven Horse got rolling, I kind of knew what I was doing a little bit. So it was easier for me to get it get it going for Seven Horse. So you learned some stuff, right? Oh yeah, learn every day, every day. <laughs> but you learned some stuff on on with the Dada's experience, and 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 now you can uh, carry that over. Well, you, you, in the Dada, I think I may have said this to you before. You, we learned about all the mistakes that you can make in a band and what right. you don't want to do. I mean, Dada, we've had a great run. And, you know, the, 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 the biggest time of our success was at the very beginning, of course. Right. We had a hit record Disneyland. coming out of the box. Yeah. Right. So after that, um, you know, we were primed for really great things. Unfortunately, it didn't go that exactly as the way we would have hoped. Right. A lot of people have come up to me over the years, I can't believe you guys aren't more famous. I can't believe, I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that. Yeah. Um, that's not something I like to dwell on. You know, I like to right. move, move it forward. And that's sure. kind of what Seven Horse is about because, uh, you know, I wasn't ready to just lean on a track that we recorded 20 years ago and have right. that be my whole legacy in music. Um, well, your fan base is, uh, is, is you, you have a core fan base from, from, that, from that 20 years. But I think from what I've seen, your fan base has grown, you know, and far, far more, uh, you know, almost exponentially. Yeah. And and uh, your your core fan base kind of created this inertia, and now people have jumped on it. And uh, I think because it's uh, it, it to me it, it couldn't be different in terms of the feel of the music, right? Uh, Dada, which was great, and mm-hmm. I loved every single song you guys did. And I was a really big fan of your performances, but the the Dada stuff was very well polished type. You yeah. Know. Well, that was a bit. The, the Beatles were a big right. influence on that. The Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, Jimi Hendrix, um, Led Zeppelin to a degree, but it had that kind of pop sheen on it and that right. production value. It was very well crafted, as you said. A lot of harmonies, a lot of thick production, and that's the kind of thing that we when we got seven horse going we decided that we had kind of had enough of that we wanted to go in a much more raw kind of stripped down uh attitude and approach and we wanted to work a lot quicker in the studio so we made it a point to um to put on the bare minimum you know right. and, and not to con- you know you can overdub and add stuff 
all day long and never be done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but if you can do it with two things, if you can do it with guitar and drums and a vocal and have it uh, work like on that level because the energy is right and the attitude is right, then I think you've actually achieved something a little bit higher because it's easy to, it's easy to you know, let's put more strings on it, let's put a keyboard on it, and it makes it sound lush and it's, very, and it's all ear candy. This is uh, the opposite of that. It's about raw, kind of uh, really honest playing. Not a lot of click right. tracks, no computers, not a lot of overdubs, a lot of first takes, a lot of just immediate kind of um, groove-oriented stuff uh, that we have together because we've been playing together for so long. Right, and this hasn't been done that often. You know, uh, what I call a power a power duo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the only one that comes to my mind is Lee Michaels and Frosty. I know you've mentioned that to me before. Yeah, Lee yeah. Michaels was the keyboard player, and Frosty was his drummer. Right, and they came out with this uh, three or four wonderful albums that uh, people just loved and he act, they actually became kind of an arena uh rock a rock arena act uh -huh. and uh other than that i can't remember uh you know well you know there's been some duos in the past few years the white stripes the black keys i mean that in in modern music and modern rock that format kind of got popular and uh that was kind of and you know and it did have an influence on us we we're like well those guys can do it with drummers that are frankly not the greatest drummers in the world. Right. I mean, I think that sort of kind of puts us in a little bit different of a category. Um, but uh, we were inspired by those guys, uh, you know, what Jack White was doing and what the Black Keys did. And we figured, well, if they can do it, well, why can't we do it? Instead of, you know, looking outside and trying to bring in more guys, we're so tight already. Let's just strip it down even further and see what we can make out of it. That was right. the idea. But you're keeping it. You're keeping it uh, in the essence that it was yeah, that, that music sure. came from, whereas uh, the other stuff tends to get polished. Yeah, it does. It, you know, the more successful a band gets, the more pressure, especially when it's a label project, the more sure. pressure is put on to make it even bigger and more accessible. And so that takes kind of a lot of times it takes the soul out of it, and uh, you know you lose the original idea. With us being completely independent, um, you know we're sticking to the original idea. We're trying to expand on it a little bit you know evolve from record to record i think we have on this second record um well the, yeah the second record has a little bit different feel it's right. it's definitely harder mm -hmm. it's definitely definitely a little bit more edgy and uh at least yeah my, my perception uh kind of like uh i guess jeff buckley his first album and his second uh album after he passed away right it it changed a little bit got a little bit more i think you know it, it has to do with going out on the road when you take a band you know when we made the first record we had never really played live at all as you know in front of an audience right. when you take that music and you go out and you start doing shows you find what kind of energy works live and then you tend to want to write a record that you can take out and fits with what sure. you're doing as a, as a live act and will you know create a vibe for people um and, you know, I, I think that in a loose way, that's how it was. In another way, things just come out. Songs just show up. And that's what happens in the moment. You don't overthink it. You just go with it. And it turns right. out to be a little harder. Well, that's the, how it is. Now, the name Seven Horse, the genesis of that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, as I mentioned, I'm from Las Vegas. And um, my family, I come from a gambling family. You know, okay. That's black, what I thought. Blackjack dealers, uh, pit bosses. You know, that, that's in my blood. Um, I mean, I was crawling around underneath a crap table when I was, you know, 12 years old, um, literally. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, my grandfather is, uh, my family's all from Chicago, and uh, 
they were in that my grandfather was in that business in chicago before it was legal you know um so uh, he also was a uh, also liked to bet on the ponies a little bit. So you know, seven horse is kind of a reference to that. Twenty on the seven horse to that's, win. That's what I thought because yeah. I used to go to the track and we go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's bet on the seven on horse. The seven or, horse, whatever. Right. right. That's great. Uh, Phil Levitt, my guest in the studio on this week's whole other thing, and let's play uh, another one of my favorites from the first record before we delve into the uh, the brand new CD. And it's uh, called Low Fuel Drug Run. Uh, this was actually our first single off of this record. Right. This is a, basically a, what this song is about. It's, a, it's, a, it's about a race to return a rental car on time. I had a gig <laughs> one time in Arizona. and uh, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and then we were in a rental car, and this thing had to get back to L.A. by uh, 11 a.m. the following day. And this was about at, uh, you know, we finished up with the gig at 2 o'clock in the morning. And then there was a little bit of an after party. And... Uh, you know, we got to get back. And the uh, bartender said, well, I can help you guys get back to L.A. on time. So he, you know, you need some no-dos at that hour just to, to make the drive. So it, it, it was loosely based on that trip. You know, I took a little poetic license, but uh, anyway. Let's take a listen. Low-fuel drug run on a whole nother thing.
from Saddleback College. It's a whole other thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. My in-studio guest, Mr. Phil Levitt of Seven Horse, we just heard their first single from the first record, Let the Seven Horse Run, Low Fuel Drug Run. And uh, thanks for sharing your Saturday once again with me. And uh, I want to thank Phil for uh, coming down from uh, Los Angeles and spending the day with us and uh, talking about his new record. And uh, so we talked about uh, the uh, experience of touring with uh, the first with the first record. Now you're about to embark on a tour with the second record, and what have you adjusted? Well, the, the uh, he got another guitar amp, so now there's two. <laughs> there's two guitar. He got louder. Oh, there's two guitar amps and four more guitars than there were the last time. The guy has got like an arsenal of equipment like I've never seen in my life. I mean, I'm still playing the same drum set. My partner doubles up his amps and gets four more guitars. I mean, he's got. A incredible he does uh, a national steel doesn't he's he? he's got two national steels oh, okay. now working because you know he plays in open tunings a lot right so when you're doing that you've got a guitar in g you've got a guitar in d you've got one in e um so he's got a uh just a an arsenal of incredible guitars out there and uh hey, you play some guitar too i do play a little bit yeah I write on, you know, I write some stuff on guitar. I don't really play in seven horse, except occasionally if we're doing a right. thing on the radio like this. We've gone in and done two two acoustics, right? right. Acoustic and a national. Um, but um, that, you know, well, it remains to be seen. What has because we're about to head out. We haven't even started yet, so we're going to rehearse tomorrow and uh, Monday in L.A. And then uh, then we're sending our gear across the country, and then we're going to fly out on uh, Thursday to uh, the East Coast, start in Niagara Falls on Thursday. Niagara Falls, yeah, Niagara Falls. This is a great place. So romantic, <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's you know, it's it's a it's a bit of Americana. Oh yeah, know? I know. I've never seen it. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think with the music you guys are doing, reintroducing people to uh, some of that good old Americana music, right. uh, it, it it's kind of appropriate. So yeah, why not? Should be fun. And if you've never been there, it's it's yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Phil Levitt, Seven Horse, and uh, we've got to take care of some things. We'll be right back and talk more with Phil, and then we'll uh, start uh, delving into more of, uh, well, actually into the brand new CD. And uh, we'll be right back, I promise. And we're back on a whole other thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. In-studio guest Phil Levitt, one half of the power duo Seven Horse and uh, drummer, excellente. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I've been to all the Dada shows, and I just used to sit there and marvel at your drumming. I mean, you were so much the anchor of that band, and uh, and especially New Year's Eve, the last New Year's Eve when you did the 20th anniversary, and uh, you were kind enough to ask me to introduce the band uh, before that show, and that was it was such an honor but watching you i was watching you the whole evening and you guys played <laughs> you outdid yourselves i think you played close to four hours yeah. it was like epic yeah. it was uh you started like eight o'clock as seven horse you came right. on and opened up you and joey and did a set and then uh da da came on and you guys played so well after one in the morning and uh, i just i was glued to you that because after you know, having a conversation with you on the radio uh, a couple of months before that, I had this whole new respect for you and said, hey, I got to I just got to watch 
and uh, just just incredible how you just anchored that band. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I I, I know you had you know all the typical influences, but uh, you just had this great 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 sound and uh, watch you be like the quarterback of the yeah. band. Well, that you know I think that's the drummer's job. Uh, you know, in any. Any band, you know, is as only as good as the drummer. You know, if you you cannot have a good band without a solid anchor back there. Right. And uh, really, in in uh, in a trio and in a duo as well. I mean, there's really no place to hide in a trio. You, <laughs> and you, you get it down to a duo. There's really no place to hide. Exactly. But um, you know, it's all the the rhythm, um, the groove is the the basis for uh, you know for the whole thing. And uh, you know, I learned from Ringo and. Uh, and Stuart Copeland were my two big influences. Two very underrated yeah. guys. Uh, well, I think Stuart Copeland's pretty well recognized as a, right. as a great drummer. Ringo's certainly underrated. I mean, from Ringo, I learned about how to play a song. Because Ringo is kind of the quintessential song drummer. It's not really about him, what he's doing, the flashiness of it. It's about how he plays, supports the song. And song. really, when you say that, it's about how he supports the singer, the lyric. You know, what kind of... Uh, emotional things can he do underneath to accent what the lyrics are trying to say that's what i think ringo is so great at Stuart copeland was a uh just a uh, powerhouse machine you right. know uh with with a tremendous amount of energy especially when you know i got into him in the in the uh early 80s i was you know i remember going to the forum to mm-hmm. see the police in 1981 oingo boingo was the opener i sat behind the stage so i could look over and watch Stuart Copeland from behind. Right. It's phenomenal. I mean, right. the, the energy. I got a chance to hang out with him a little bit uh, later in life, and uh, it was pretty interesting to uh, be around him. But those two were a big influence on me, as was Buddy Rich. Um, you know, right. because Buddy Rich, totally different kind of a drummer, obviously, one of the probably sure. the preeminent jazz drummer in history. Incredible hands, uh, just uh, precision and speed and power. And also, you know, a real outgoing personality, right. a guy who used to sit down next to Carson on the Tonight Show and, yeah. and, and have a have a segment with him like a comedian or, or an actor would. I was very inspired by that, and that's I think why I'm sitting here right now right. because that played a big role. You know, I was I'd stay up way past my bedtime to watch him on Carson, and uh, he was very inspiring to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, to all of us, uh, him and of course Gene Krupa. Sure, and uh, but uh, just. Yeah, I can't say enough about uh, your drumming ability. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, so uh, Seven Horse has uh, just finished, put the final touches. It's completely re. It's completely mastered, right? The, it's uh, all done. CD. You got it. It's, right. it's, it's I've got, ready to I've, go. I've got a brand new CD in my hand. And, uh, it's coming out on the 10th of, Ju- of uh, June. June 10th is the release date. And it's called Songs for a Voodoo Wedding. That's right. And uh, interesting title. Yeah, well, um, I actually uh, went to New Orleans. I, you know, w- when it came time to write songs for this record, I, uh, you know, we'd written some stuff while we were on the road. The road is a great place to write because things are happening all the time. You get a lot of inspiration out there. But uh, I was looking for more inspiration, and some friends of mine uh, were getting married in New Orleans. They were going to have a voodoo wedding, so uh, I went down there. My wife and I went down, and I'd been to New Orleans, you know, several times on tour, but. How it is on tour, you never get to be anywhere, really, for very long. You're just rolling through. So this time, I got to hang out there for a few days, go to this voodoo wedding, which was a very unique experience. (laughs) A live snake was involved. Um, You know, it's a totally different 
ceremony than we're used to in uh, regular weddings. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Very colorful. I played a yeah, there was a conga. I played I played the drums during the wedding. They needed a drummer, so I volunteered. No Hava Nagila? Uh, no, that was not included in the uh, voodoo <laughs> wedding. Um, but uh, so then after about three, four days in New Orleans, I came away from that having had a really incredible experience down there. You know, I, for people who haven't been down there, you know, you hear about it a lot. You know, everybody talks about how great New Orleans is and you know, people talk about how great a lot of places are. Right. But you go down there and spend some time down there. It's really unique. There's no place like it in this country. The music, the food, the culture, um, you know, it, it just uh, it really was inspiring uh, to see musicians in the street, uh, the, to get out on Frenchman Street, which is a music street there. I mean, right. I've been all over this country, Austin, uh, you know, New York City, sure. Nashville. There's a lot of great music towns. Nothing like New Orleans. New Orleans right. is the best. Um, so I was inspired by that, wrote some songs about some of the experiences down there. And, you know, that just kind of was the jumping off point for, uh, for this record. And we thought, well, let's just call it songs for a voodoo wedding. And the, uh, title, t- uh, not the title tune, but the, uh, the new single is called flying high with no ID. Right. And that comes directly from that experience. Yeah, that's uh, about the trip down to new Orleans a little bit. Let's, uh, before we play it, uh, let's set it up. Well, all right. So, uh, you know, I went to camp. We were leaving town, and uh, I mean, I don't want to get too specific, but it, it does, it does, uh, it does have a direct reference to the trip down there. We uh, I show up at the airport to go down to uh, New Orleans, and uh, you know how you have to produce your identification. So I go into my wallet, and my driver's license is gone. I oh, mean, man. it's just like where, what happened? I, I I don't have no idea. So it turns out you can get on an airplane. Um, without a driver's license in this country uh it's, it is possible it takes a little doing but it can be done so I, I ended up in new orleans now the flying high part you know you can look at it a number of ways and i'm going to leave it at that Thirty thousand feet right exactly and that's where the planes go that's where the planes go yeah exactly <laughs> let's take a listen and see how we flew high Touchdown in Dallas I gotta make a connection Left my lover in the magazine store A big Texas blonde Smiling at the counter Just the kind of thing I'm looking for And I'm flying high With no ID And I'm flying high with no idea I got a 7 a.m. flight leaving out of New Orleans Barely got to bed from the night before Me and my baby all night long on Frenchman Street Grab the bags, headed out the door And I'm flying high with no ID And I'm flying high, high With no ID And I'm flying, flying high With no ID How did something like this thing happen to me? I got an old supper from the pharmacy And I'm flying high With no ID And I'm flying high, high With no ID Pat me down, look me in the eye Trying to identify What's wrong with me, don't they understand 
Texas bond Smiling at the counter I just can't find what I'm looking for And I'm flying high And I'm flying high With no idea And I'm flying, flying high With no idea How does something like this thing happen to me? I got an army sucker from the pharmacy And I'm flying high You know, uh, when I got the CD, I knew that was uh, a song that was going to be the single. And after hearing it the first time, I found myself, you know, with an earworm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, all day long I'm here. And I'm flying high. That's sticky. We call that sticky. <laughs> yeah, an earworm or, or sticky. Yeah, yeah, it just, it. and uh, the last couple of days I've been hearing it in my head it's oh, that's a, great it's that's very a, infectious love to hear that yeah it's 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 and it's done so well it's well crafted as are most of the songs uh on both cds they're just uh this one even more so because it's not as stripped down there's uh right we got um, a little extra on there i mean we know joey is a bass player too so when we need it we have him to go to oh we did play there, there are several cuts on this record though that it's just guitar and drums you know maybe uh a solo overdub but you know, we got to take it on a song by song basis. We don't, you know, we're not just in a box. We can do what we want, but we, but we, you know, we have a palette of sounds that we're not going to go beyond. It's like, right. you know, guitar, drums, bass, that's all good. Piano sometimes is good. Maybe a, an organ, you know, a Hammond organ, a harmonica. These are all kind of our sounds that we're going to stick with. But you're not going to bring in the Mormon tabernacle mm, choir. No, unless do we do a thing like, uh, you know, Sympathy for the Devil or, uh, you know, <laughs> can't, you can't always get what you want. I mean, yeah, the Stones exactly. are a big influence on this project, on this band. The Stones are yeah. kind of like the archetype, you know, that, that the way they approached country music with a kind of a tongue-in-cheek approach. Right. The, R the blues aspect of it, you know, that's the basis of the Rolling Stones, the rock and roll, the swinging rock and roll. Let because, it bleed. Yeah, I mean, you don't hear a lot of swinging rock and roll right. as much anymore, and that's kind of what we try to achieve in our in our sound, is to get back, back to that. That's kind of where rock and roll originally came from. Sure. Is that swinging uh, feel. And, oh yeah, uh, the whole Bill Haley and the Comets. Yeah, so uh, we we try to get try to get that in, into what we're doing a little bit. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it it comes across, and and you've morphed into quite a good vocalist. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I mean, I used to sing as a kid, and you know, this is kind of how I started my career. You know, back before Dada, 
I was a songwriter at uh, Warner Chapel Music for a couple of years. I had a publishing deal back in the days when, as a kid, you could get signed to a deal, uh-huh. and they would develop you, you know, as a writer, and and right. you know, you'd try to get cuts and uh, all that. And, you know, I don't know if they're doing that anymore as much because I never got a cut, but they kept picking up my option and you know, giving me enough money to live on, and that's kind of. You know, just as I uh, I went on the road after high school and I came back from from that, ended up getting this publishing deal, and I was able to learn about the recording studio, record a bunch of demos, and I was singing all of these songs in those days. And then when I met Mike and Joey from Dada, right. they were just so phenomenal that I had to give all that up and play with them because they were just way better than I was at what I was doing. So uh, it's kind of interesting now after all this time to come back around and to be doing it again, uh, to be singing and writing and kind of being out front. Uh, right. Still behind the drums, but being the front guy is a totally different. Uh, yeah, experience. that's how difficult is that? I mean, uh, there aren't that many drummers that 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 took a proactive role in singing. And no, Dave Clark, right? right. He yeah. Sang, yeah, he sang some background vocals, but you know, Mike Smith was the R- vocalist, was the, right? Uh, you know, Henley is probably the best Don ever. Henley, at sure, Levon Levon Helm, Helm yeah. he's f- wow. phenomenal at it. Uh, Karen Carpenter, she did it. Right. You know, she played live on the drums and uh, and sang. You know, she's an incredible singer. Uh, I'm sure there are some others I can't think of, but it isn't done very much, and it's there's a good reason for it because it's, it's really difficult. Hard. Yeah, I can imagine. It's really hard, to especially do. when you're trying to uh, be the anchor. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you kind of have to like from the neck down. It's autopilot. You know, I've just I've been doing it long enough that uh, there's something going on physically that my body just does what it's supposed to do. So you can kind of from the neck up just be in the song. Right. It's a trick, though. There's no doubt about it. It's been something that I've had to learn how to do the last couple of years. Right. Because yeah because with dada it was uh it was michael most of the time and then of yeah, course mike and joey. joey singing together you know right. switching off doing two-part harmony a lot i would occasionally come in with a third harmony part, right but you know for, for much of the material i just had to sit back there and, and drive it and uh it's it's a whole different thing to be uh kind of fronting the band from the drums right than just being the drummer totally and, different yeah, was that a conscious decision? You well, guys? when we got into the studio, we figured, well, how are we going to make this different? I mean, we, we knew he was going to be on guitar, so that changes right. it up right there. But I'm still playing the drums, and if he sang everything, it would, it's going to yeah. sound like a Joey record or a Dada record. Right. So the only real, real way to, to put it on its head was to give it to me. And uh, I was a little bit reticent at first because I hadn't really done it on record right. for a while. And uh, then I got into it, and I kind of found like, Wow, this is kind of cool. I kind of enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, no, you, uh, you know, it's quite good, especially I work when, at it. especially when you you know you change change up the uh, the voice. Yeah, and, uh, so, so we've got you know we we've developed a sound around it, you know, around the guitar playing and the and the singing, and that's kind of the identity of the thing now. So we're just going to keep going with it. Well, that's great. That's uh, the brand new the brand new single from seven horse it uh, the new cd it, it will be officially released on the 10th of june it's called songs for a voodoo wedding and we're going to be right back right after this and we're back on a whole nother thing with bob goodman on listener supported fm 88.5 ksbr my guest in the studio phil levitt one half of Seven Horse and phil has been kind enough to drive down here and spend the afternoon chatting about his new uh new band his new cd it's called uh songs for a voodoo wedding but uh we're going to give away a copy of the first cd let the seven horse run and we're going to give that away we have uh my producer s standing by the phones we're going to give away 
a copy of the CD to the seventh caller at 949-582-5727. That's 949-582-5727. Be the seventh caller, and you'll get a copy of the brand new of the uh, first CD. Let the seven horse run, and uh, just to pique your interest, here's a tune from it. Right about now the sun's getting dirty. Everybody knows the bridge ain't steady. Magazine trip in New York City. On a dollar bill, the girl's so pretty. Saddleback College, I love that. From Saddleback College, it's a whole other thing with Bob Goodman. And we just heard uh, a song from the first CD, Let the Seven Horse Run, and it's called Black Jack Moon. And uh, we've we've got a winner, I believe. We have a winner. And I'll have uh, the information on that uh, winner after uh, the next song. It's about 15 after the hour. This is a whole nother thing. Thanks once again for sharing your Saturday with me and sharing it with Phil Levitt of Seven Horse. So, uh, Black Jack Moon. Yeah. Is there a story here? (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, there was a... I tell this on stage, usually tell it before the song starts. Um, Some years ago, uh, I was in a having a spiritual crisis we've all been there mm-hmm. you know you're you lose your job your dog dies your girlfriend breaks up with you whatever and uh, i didn't know where to turn so i decided i would uh 
examine the mystical ways of transcendental meditation, like some of my heroes. You know, the Beatles went to India to study with the Maharishi. I thought sure. about it. India, it's a long way off. <laughs> I don't like to fly that much, so I went to uh, Beverly Hills and uh, went to the transcendental meditation uh, facility there, learned how to uh, meditate. Uh, a, a woman with uh, flowers in her hair put me in a room, scented with uh, patchouli and uh, candles. Uh, she came up around my left side, whispered into my ear. She said, I'm going to tell you your mantra. Uh, don't repeat this to a living soul, but say it over and over again, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, and through it you will find inner peace. She whispered the mantra. Wow. And then she came around the other side and whispered into my right ear. She said, that'll be $1,500. <laughs> so then I say, and usually I say, well, folks, I'm going to give you a mantra right now and it's free of charge. And then we start hooba bow bow You know, that yes. thing actually came around that that phrase actually came with the weirdest thing in the studio. We're cutting this track, right? And we have the whole thing together, except it didn't have that hooba bow bow thing in it. We had the song and we're listening to the playback. And it's weird how sometimes a combination of sounds will create another sound. It's hard to explain, but you'll hear something coming back at you that isn't actually on tape yet. And right. I heard this sound on this track, and I turned to the the producer, and I said, what is that? you hear that? And he goes, I, I, can't, I don't know what that is. We heard something weird, and I swear to God, that's what I heard coming out of the speakers. I went, oh, I know what it is. Give me the microphone. And I just, hooba bow bow. And it's kind of <laughs> like that track, uh, that song, um, you know, what's that song? Um, Hooked on a Feeling, you know? A hookah chuck. A hookah chuck. Yeah, it reminded me. There's another song, uh, Papa Umau. Yeah, Umau Mau, Papa Umau Mau. Yeah. Right. Old 50s. Right. So it's kind, of a, it's kind of a reference to that stuff. Right. Anyway, that's the story. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. Well, I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. <laughs> oh, nice. It's uh, about 17 after the hour, and we have a winner of our, uh, of our CD giveaway of uh, Let the Seven Horse Run. And congratulations go to Dory Lloyd of Lake Forest. You've uh, won a copy of the CD, Let the Seven Horse Run, courtesy of Phil Levitt thank you. of Seven Horse. And uh, thank you, Dory, for listening and uh, enjoying the record. And that'll get out to you in uh, about a week or so. And we'll give away another CD or perhaps uh, a CD or two uh, during... Uh, this next hour and uh let's see uh what shall we play next well why don't you know you're talking about me singing so much why don't we play one that uh, joey sings how about that okay that's we got be... this track called please come on home ah. and uh this guy he you know my partner comes up with some tremendous riffs you know that's his kind of specialty he's the riff meister so this is on the national steel you mentioned it before and this is uh one one in which he sings most of the lead vocal. He came in with this song kind of together, and I just kind of filled in the bridge. You'll hear me in the bridge. It's called Please Come On Home.
becoming uh, my favorite on that record. It's called uh, Please Come On Home. And uh, uh, the, the recording process of this particular record. This one we did in uh, Milwaukee. We did a couple of tunes in Milwaukee. The last, uh, the last session we did uh, was actually Dada was on a little uh, victory lap uh, in the fall coming back around to some of the cities that we played on the 20th anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. And we had Played a show in Chicago. Joey and I jumped on a train, went up to Milwaukee. Our engineer that had uh, been working with us for a while on the West Coast had relocated to to a studio in Milwaukee. So we went to work with him there, and uh, it was, uh, it was we spent a couple of days there and recorded the final two songs uh, that we put on the record. Uh, Please come on home, and another one called "I Know the Meaning of Rock and Roll." And uh, it was an amazing studio because the guy who ran the place was a great great room with a great uh, desk and uh, great equipment and he had basically it's like a music warehouse i mean he had so much gear in that place i mean guitar after guitar like 50 drum sets i walked in there and he's really proud of the the whole thing so you know he's like have you tried the 1940 slingerland snare did you just look at the ludwig pine i was like i can't even deal with all these drums like a little kid in the candy store yeah it was incredible so we we finally got uh the instruments picked out. We spent three days there, recorded a couple of songs, and uh, that one just went down. That's National, Steel, and Drums, live in a take, and then a vocal overdub, and that's right. it. You know, that, and uh, no click track, no nothing. That's a take right hey, there. You two guys make a lot of noise, you know. We do, yeah. It's pretty full for just two guys with two instruments. Right? It is. It's great. I mean, we heard that back. We're like, well, that's done. Let's just move on to the next one. That's what's good about this thing, you know. It, it, there is no real desire to like let's add we need more it's like no it sounds good we're done yeah no i watched uh while that song was playing you had this uh, nice grin on your face yeah i love that track you know i love I, the sound of his voice along with this it the had line. that like shimmering yeah it's yeah, really good I'm, yeah. re- I'm really pleased with that one i'm glad you like it because yeah. we're, we're very happy with that track yeah and i'm gonna play the heck out of it cool i will i promise and uh i think uh 
everybody else that gets on the bandwagon will as well. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a another good uh, effort by you guys, uh, and it's it's remarkable from whence you came. Yeah. Uh, to to you know go back and it, it's kind of like and you're a baseball guy, so you understand. It's kind of like you're this great pitcher in the uh, major leagues. So you made the show, right? And uh, something happens. Maybe you blow out your arm and you can't pitch anymore, but you're going to become an outfielder. And that's happened. Yeah. And you go back to the minors. Right. And you get back to your roots. And all of a sudden, uh, you're you're just finding all this. You're getting back to the magic. And it's a perfect analogy, really. It really is, because I still love the game. I love it as much now as I did when I was, you know, just starting out. I've been playing music since, I mean, I've been playing music since I'm five years old, but I've been playing professionally since I was a teenager. And, um, you know, uh, having had a lot of success early in my professional career, you know, with Dada, that was a big thrill. And, uh, you know, we rode that out for a long time. Uh, but I, you know, yeah, man, I want to get back to the show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) you're, you're well on your way, young man. (laughs) And, uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think you're there. I mean, you guys sound so good together, and I guess that comes from playing for what twenty plus years together as a rhythm section. Yeah, there's something about you're that. You're like a shortstop second, yeah, uh, first, it, second a, baseman combination. Well, you, Bob, you're all over the analogies, and you're right <laughs> on the money. I mean, it is there is that thing about playing in a rhythm section together. You know, he's on base for a long time, um, but we've got that rhythm thing locked. Yeah. You know, we, we, that, and, and that's the essence of what Seven Horse is about. I mean, we decided that from the beginning. Even on guitar, he's still playing bass. You know, uh, obviously he's playing leads and, and, and soloing, right. but the rhythm is the essence of what our thing is about. It's not going to be about a lot of, you know, flashy solos. That's not really what kind of a player no, he is. No, of course is. not. Um, but rhythmically, that guy is solid, and uh, it's just a pleasure to play with him. And we've been playing together for a long time. Yeah, we used to, uh, when we go to the coach house to watch you guys, we'd watch Joey, and uh, the sweat would come pouring <laughs> off him, and his hair would be going back yeah. and forth, and he'd be hunched over right. his base, and, and you'd just be there. You never skipped a beat. You're just, like, <laughs> sitting there, very stoic. Right. And Because uh, and, usually the bass guy is the stoic right. no, guy. he was a show-off on right. the front on bass, so I right. had to, like, lay it down back there. You know, you look at uh, John Entwistle and, right. and Keith Moon, and Keith Moon was the nutty guy. Oh, right, well, that's the opposite, because in that right. band... Keith Moon's basically soloing the whole time. Right. And if Entwistle isn't laying it down, the whole thing is coming off the rails. Right. But in uh, Dada, it was kind of the reverse. It's like I got Mike Gurley over here who's like a virtuoso. Walking on tables. Yeah, walking right. on tables. And he's a virtuoso on the guitar. So he's just out there in Never Never Land. Right. You know, we, we, we always looked at it as we just laid out the red carpet for him. And he could go off and, you know, go anywhere he wanted to go. And we would just be there to back him up hey would you allow me an indulgence of course i gotta show i gotta i gotta play a dot yeah go for it okay and this was always the uh the showstopper and and usually the encore you might know which which one i'm talking i think i might know what you're talking about it's called dorina from puzzle on a whole nother thing Oh, 
Sounds good, man. Uh, always the uh, encore, and always the one that people were screaming uh, at the Coach House shows. Yeah, throughout the whole show. Darina, right. Darina, Darina. It's always, we always just say, you want us to play that now? The show's over. Yeah, That's the last song exactly. of the night. We'll walk off. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, we'll hang out for three or four right. hours. Just play that, and then we're done. We'll just sit here. Right, right. So I, you know, 
thanks for uh, oh, yeah. let me have the indulgence, and I, I know we want to move forward and talk more about the. You uh, know what? I, I just enjoyed hearing that. I haven't heard that one in a while on the record. You know, I don't I don't right. usually listen to the records too much anymore, but that sounds pretty good. That was uh, back in the old days, nineteen ninety two. Ken Scott, the producer, you know, the great uh, engineer from the Abbey Road days, worked on a lot of Beatles stuff. What a, it was a, a true thrill to work with him on our first record. You know, the guy had a lot of stories, and it was a very close to being a perfect record really thank you really just uh very well crafted and and the nice thing about it is you were able to replicate every song you guys ever recorded on stage pretty much yeah pretty I much mean, we got close i mean we had to approach some things different because it was it, it did get a little complicated in the arrangements as we progressed you know right. by the time we got to our to third Dada record, or yeah sub, subliminal, el subliminoso we got into that record we decided this is going to be sergeant pepper of the 90s you know <laughs> and that's that's the downfall of many a band uh, right you had some skateboard sound effects uh, all kinds of crazy we recorded a truck i remember that it was a, a it was, was a, a truck or a bus or something uh, yeah a truck or a bus opens we got this tune called the spirit of 2009 right. and we had we pulled this microphone all the way out into the street <laughs> with like 40 feet of cable and waiting for the bus to come by and we got the bus pulling up and the air brakes going on and we were so excited we were out of well our i'm minds. looking forward to the 50th anniversary yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole nother thing with bob goodman on listener supported fm for those of you uh that perhaps are not familiar with da da the band uh i've been playing him for uh as long as I've been doing this show, and it's it was just uh, just a great great time, and and now it's time to move on. Yeah, and, uh, Seven Horse is a great way to do it. By the way, those of you in South Orange County, you guys are lucky, and even those of you in San Diego or L.A., uh, Seven Horse is going to be performing live on June twenty sixth. It's a Thursday evening at the Marine Room in beautiful Laguna Beach. That's right, and. Uh, uh, anything else we should know about that particular? Uh, there's a radio station down there. <laughs> we're, we, we're not going to mention, but uh, it's in, we're involved. Well, they're not really in competition with you, I don't think. No, they, uh, their signal stays uh, yeah. inside Laguna Beach. Exactly. I think down the block, basically, is there. Right. But, um, yeah, we're going to be down there for uh, a show at the Marine Room. We're also going to mention another date uh, in Los yeah, Angeles. Uh, we're going to be at um, Molly Malone's, which is... Uh, uh, a cool place on Fairfax and 6th in Los Angeles. Is that a kosher deli, Molly Malone's? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's no. an Irish pub. Oh. But um, it's down the street from Cantor's. So if you need a corned beef sandwich, you can roll up there afterwards. <laughs> you can get corned beef at Molly's, Yeah, I'm you sure. probably could. Um, we're going to do our um, uh, L.A. record release party. The record comes out on the 10th. We're throwing a lot of dates out here, but let's just be straight on it. July, June 10th is the, is the actual release date. But on right. June 29th, in uh, Los Angeles, we're going to have a, a gig that we're calling our L.A. record release party at uh, Molly Malone's 6th and Fairfax. So come on out for that one if you're uh, up that way. And uh, a couple of days for the people in Orange County at, uh, on the 26th at uh, the Marine Room. Now, I have a lot of listeners on the East Coast. So you're going to be up, oh, cool. in, you're gonna be up in, uh, in the Buffalo, Niagara yeah, Falls. Yeah, we're, we're playing at, uh, I think, a place called the Evening Star on... Um, the 7th of June, we're starting a little tour up there. Then we're going to Pittsburgh and working our way back to uh, New Jersey and then down the coast, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, Asheville, North Carolina, and into uh, Georgia. And then we'll be back out in July. So just, you know, if you go on uh, Facebook and like the Seven Horse page or uh, 
That'd be the best way to do it because we put updates up there all the time. Uh, Facebook.com slash seven horse or on Twitter at seven horse underscore. Uh, you can find out everything that we're doing, where we're going to be, when and why. And uh, today you Twittered. You're going to be telling it like it is. Well, I think I'm, I'm telling it like it is. <laughs> telling it like it is. Howard Cusso. <laughs> right. Yes. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Phil, not the drummer. Okay. Uh, you were really into playing baseball quite a bit. And now I understand you're into another sport. Yeah. Well, you know, the baseball, I uh, had a nice run of, uh, you know, during uh, Dada's downtime in the, uh, you know, from about 2005 on, you know, Dada was on and off the road a little bit. I had a lot of time. I remember those days. They were so beautiful. Uh, all this free time. And uh, I got into playing amateur baseball, you know, the, uh, the grown-up uh, little league. And uh, it's very well organized in Southern California. There's a lot of leagues. I'm sure that's going on. I know it's going on down here in Orange County. But uh, back up in L.A., there's uh, several leagues. And, um, you know, a lot of guys are take it really seriously. And uh, we enjoyed it and uh, went out to Arizona, played in a couple of national tournaments, right. got a World Series ring. For the thirty-five and over World Series, okay. played a cup, played against some big ex-big league players. It's really exciting. Uh, but you know, keeping that kind of thing together uh, can wear you out. Because I was the manager, of course. You know, the drummer is always like it's just you're the. I was the catcher, the manager. It's the the position. So you wore the tools of ignorance. I did. They wore the tools of ignorance, and you know, you really do take a beating because those guys are throwing pretty hard. Um, but anyway, now um, I've, I've graduated to a more individual sport. Uh, just been. Um, trying to stay in shape by boxing and i recommend it to anyone boxing. who wants to stay in shape that is the best workout you can ever get in your life i train at a gym in north hollywood called pullman's gym and there's a, a heavyweight a contender that fights out of there i don't get in with him he's uh, <laughs> gigantic but uh, it's a great it's a great workout and uh, you know the guy it's a just a great atmosphere and uh, you know it's very inspiring because the the work ethic in a boxing gym is uh, is like nothing you're going to find anywhere else in sports. I mean, those guys are so dedicated to what they do. And it's just inspiring being around them. And it, and it translates so well to your everyday life. And this is uh, your, where do you want to go with this? Uh, well, I mean, I started, you know, just, just to stay in, in physical condition. But the longer you're there, you start to learn about boxing and you start to get some technique. Now you start to wonder if you want to test yourself a little bit. Do you just want to be a tourist or do you want to get some credibility around the gym? So, you know, they do have, uh, just like in baseball, they have it for boxing, a master's. USA Boxing has a Masters series. Uh -huh. So I was thinking I have a birthday coming up pretty soon. I was thinking as a birthday kind of uh, commemoration that I would uh, do a three-round amateur fight. You know, Kind of like a bucket list thing? Yeah, one of those things. Just to get in there, just to feel the adrenaline, you know, just to say that I did it so that I can go back into the gym and have a little credibility around there because... You might be safer skydiving. You might be right. <laughs> Nobody's trying to hit you when you're skydiving. Exactly. So, so okay. Well, that's great. Yeah, you, you know. never know. I might do it. I'm too busy right now. I can't do it. No. But, uh, that's my easy way out. Yeah. Well, I got to go on the road, fellas. Now I can't do it. Right. Well... Hey, you know, just follow your dream. And yeah, if that's something you've uh, wanted to do. It's what a dream to get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have this vision when you talked about the gym of uh, some, uh, you know, the the ambiance, the guys walking around with the cigar and yeah. and the smell of liniment and. Uh, well, you do have those smell. The cigars aren't there anymore, but yeah. man, that place does have an odor to it. There's no yeah. doubt about that. There's How, nothing like a boxing gym. Is that is that an old school gym? Well, it's a newer place, but it's run like an old school gym. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a boxing gym. There's no, you know, uh, 
fitness equipment there. It's right. a ring, heavy, it's bags. heavy bags, and speed right. bags, and the guys who are there. Are, you know, it's just it's one of those. It's a it's an atmosphere that I like. I like being around those guys. You know, they're 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 enjoyable. They're good guys too. A lot of guys in the that hang out there. The fighters are so dedicated to their sport, and that's really the thing that is inspiring to me to be around people that are so committed to uh, and and go through so much to be great at what they do. So as a drummer with timing is is the essence is that help? speed bag bit it a bit it a bit yeah, yeah exactly that's that, that that's a big part of it yeah timing is a big part of boxing you know being able to get out of the way of a punch and counter right yeah, it's a fascinating sport uh the sweet science you know i'm, I'm i've enjoyed it for the last five years or so yeah there. it's kind of morphed into something uh quite different uh you know, with all the kickboxing. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm not as into that as much, uh, you know, uh, MMA. And, uh, you know, uh, fighting on the ground is not really what is interesting to me. The strategy, boxing's like chess. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it's when you, the more you learn about it, the more interesting it becomes. So, you know, it's a hobby. But and, uh, uh, yeah, like Muhammad Ali was like Bobby Fischer, right? Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, he was, <laughs> he psyched everybody Exactly, out. yeah. So uh, we, well, got a song on the, we got a song in a new record that has a boxing theme. We can't play it. I know it's explicit. I know, I know. but I know. Uh, it does have a have a boxing influence to it. And and even if you came out with a sanitized version, it would be about six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes language you know you need to use certain language to get the point across. Of course, and, and this one is uh, is all about that. Definitely gets the point across. Yeah. And uh, but we won't be playing. That no, today. we will not. <laughs> You'll have to pick that one up on your own. iTunes, June tenth. Right. Wow, it's uh, time has really flown by. I've got a song queued up from the new CD, Songs for a Voodoo Wedding. It's called Carousel Bar. Anything? Well, this you know, uh, this is another uh, song that came out of New Orleans. Uh, The Rolling Stones again are a big influence, and you'll hear that probably in this track. Uh, It's the opening track off the record, and uh, it's going to be a good song live too. Let's listen.
That'll get you moving. <laughs> Seven Horse and Carousel Bar from the brand new CD to be released on June 10th. It's called Songs for a Voodoo Wedding. And our in-studio guest has been and is Mr. Phil Levitt, one half of Seven Horse, the drummer, the anchor, and uh, half of the rhythm section of the uh, Da Da the Band. And uh, Phil has uh, come down and been gracious enough to give us his time. He's busy. He's going to be getting out on the road again in a couple of days. And uh, sure glad you came down. And uh, the CD is great. I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it's a little bit to me. It's a little bit different mm-hmm. than the uh, first CD, and that's great because you you know you're moving forward, and we don't need the same thing over and over again. And it's like you said, definitely got a Stones influence there. And uh, it's quite good. It's called Carousel Bar from the new CD. And uh, I've got I got to play this while you're here, man. All I right. mean, this this is uh, this is the song. It's uh, the one that uh, got you oh, worldwide right, acclaim. It's called Meth Lab Zozo Sticker. The Zozo is uh, a reference to Led Zeppelin. It is. It's which the fourth album was it? The fourth album? Yeah, the, the, I think Led Zeppelin four. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The album without they all a had name. symbols, and the Zozo was Jimmy Page, right? And that that came right from the brain of Joey Calio. Okay, <laughs> and, and uh, we're going to listen to it right now. It's uh, it's featured in the film. Wolf of Wall Street, in case you haven't seen it. On a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman.
my pocket The seven inch trigger finger don't know how to stop it A one way pile driver no one left to use it I'm a supercharged freedom fighter And I'm giving it all to you Giving it all to you Giving it all to you From Saddleback College, it's a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman. In studio guest, Phil Levitt. <laughs> that track, of course, it's a, a Meth Lab Zozo sticker, but uh, it seems that I pulled the uh, original rough cut that you had given me uh, in April of 2011 before uh, before the CD was even uh, yeah that's done. not the, that's not the final uh, version of that song that's a rough uh, mix right out of the studio that I made before we uh, before I came down here so that's a little bit different than the track that, that there's more of it um, <laughs> that's a little bit different than the version that ended up in the Wolf of Wall Street I mean it's the same cut but we did a little bit of a remix and and shined it up a little bit but that sounded pretty good oh it does sound good yeah it's uh, uh, it. When you first when you first gave it to me to play three years ago, I I thought it was quite good and it's still good, and uh, I apologize for playing. Well, the, that's uh, all right. I don't mind. It, it's going to be in the box set. When's right. the box set out? <laughs> Coming soon. So uh, so a bunch of uh, exciting stuff for you guys over the next uh, couple of months. I hope so. I mean, we're really excited to get out. I mean, you know, we're leaving as I said. Uh, next thursday to uh, go to the east coast we're really looking forward to being out on the road it's been a while and uh that's really where the band kind of lives you know that's uh, that's what separates the men from the boys is what you do on stage in front of an audience and uh, we can't we can't wait to get out there and play this new music and you know get back in front of some people that's that's what it's all about i'm excited because i have uh, some some new music that i can uh put on the show and play on a regular basis and uh every you know, every cut I've heard so far, and I've listened to the entire CD, is uh, quite good, and you know stands out. Uh, uh, you know, in their own in their own way, and uh, you know you can hear influences of uh, everything, and that's the way it should be. I mean, how can you go through life not being influenced? Yeah, well, you know what goes in usually comes out, and we spent a lot of time. Uh in between the first record and this one, listening to uh, the Stones, uh, a lot of classic country, which is great when you're on the road. You know, you just want to put on Merle Haggard. Oh, sure. And just roll on down the highway. Um, and, you know, the blues is always a part of what we do. That's That was kind of the genesis of the whole thing. Uh, a few years ago, we had just gotten so heavily into the into the original Delta blues. And so that's in there. You know, a lot of slide 
Oh yeah, open tunings. I mean, that's all. That's all blues, uh, traditional blues stuff that we've uh, you know kind of uh, co-opted. <laughs> you yeah. know, as, as a lot of white musicians have over the years. Is I mean, that's what it's about. It's like I don't think music really belongs to any person or any place. You can uh, be a visitor, absorb it, mix it uh, up yourself, and and spit it back out. Uh, it's good to know where it came from. But I'm no music historian. I'm no expert on the history of music. I know what I like, and I know you know what has uh, influenced us. Right. And we do our best to just do our thing and be as honest with it as we can. Um, you know, and, and we're having a good time. So I think hopefully that comes across. In the oh recordings. yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, I can see Joey. You know. Oh yeah, yeah he's, he's loving it. He's, <laughs> yeah, this can... guy, he is loving it. Are you kidding? It's just like a dream for him to pl- to play guitar in this thing. Right. It's like he's been let out of jail. I mean, he loved, he, you know, the bass is his instrument, but from way back. But I think he's found a new calling in life, and that's to be the guitar player in Seven Horse. Well, I remember when he, uh, you know, when you guys used to play and uh, he, he'd, uh, he'd get out there on a stool. Right. And, Do and, something in the middle of the set. Yeah. Right. Uh, I forgot what song it was, but uh, yeah, various was... things we'd do various things in the middle of the Dada set where he'd play acoustic guitar, and then right. I went to the slide. Actually, went to the National for a little while, and uh, you know he made a solo record where he played guitar, and that kind of uh, was what preceded this thing. And I've never seen him happier with what he's doing than uh, when I see him uh, at rehearsal or on stage with a with an arsenal of guitars and just uh, turning it up. I mean, he loves it. I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall with you guys driving in a van cross country. <laughs> it's fun. We play a lot of good music in yeah. the van. I mean, that's really what we do while we're ri- driving across the highway. Is you know, if I'm driving, he's the DJ, uh, and he's great at it. You know, he's really the guy who has a million songs in his phone, and you know, he's he's always good. If you if he's at a party, you want him to right. to DJ it. He's great. Well, he would love great. coming in here. I mean, we got to get him in here one time. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. He's. Uh, uh, and hopefully uh, we can do that and maybe even get you guys to play. Yeah, that'd be great. Here. That, that'd be extra special. This is a whole nother thing. It's exactly 5 o'clock. From Saddleback College, we are KSBR Mission Viejo. From accounting to women's studies, you can find your new career at saddleback.edu. And uh, we're going to give away one more CD, and uh, Phil, uh, Phil is, uh, has to leave us and... Uh, head on back up to Los Angeles and we thank Phil so much for coming here and spending time. Uh, hey, listen, Saturdays are precious for everybody and uh, thanks. Hey, man, thanks it's uh, it so up. totally my pleasure to be here and I want to thank you for how much support you've given us. It's really an amazing thing to uh, just have a place to come and uh, play your music and you always, I listen to your show, you always play great stuff on it well, and uh, I really appreciate uh, being in here with you. Well, thanks and uh, back at you. And uh, we're going to give away another CD, but first, uh, you you want to... Uh, yeah, you know, I want to give away more than just another CD. We're going to give okay. away a CD on the telephone, but to everybody who's listening right now, um, I'm going to offer you a free download uh, from our new record. If you go to the website, sevenhorsefans.com, you can pick up a free download of a song. It's a little country ditty that uh, Joey and I put together on the way into a a little northern California town called Weed. It's, uh, <laughs> Weed, California. If you've ever been there, it's on the 5 Freeway. Uh, we played a music festival there a couple of years ago, and we wrote a song for the town on the way in called A Friend in Weed. And uh, if you go to that website... Uh, Is that you, near Humboldt? 
Uh, it's close, yeah. <laughs> you know. As the crow flies? Yeah. Um, so anyway, go to sevenhorsefans.com and uh, pick up a free download. And uh, thanks to everybody who's listening today. Speaking of weed. Here it is now. Speaking of weed. By the way, if you're the uh, fifth caller One, two, to 949-582-5727, you'll win a CD. Let the seven horse run. Let me uh, let me start this up again. All right. The timing was... Uh, see, they're calling already. Okay, be the fifth caller to 949-582-5727, and you'll win a copy of the first CD by Seven Horse. It's called Let the Seven Horse Run. This cut is a friend in weed from the second CD, Songs for a Voodoo Wedding. Thank you so much, Phil. Have a safe trip back to L.A. One, two, one, two. Well, a friend in weed is a friend indeed. Like a four and twenty girl, give me what I need. Like the first hit in the morning sets my mind at ease. A friend in weed is a friend in Guitar man, 
Like getting higher than Mount Shasta, you get everything you need. It's always good to have a friend in we. Well, a friend in we is a friend indeed. I'm like a four and twenty girl, give me what I need. I'm like the first hit in the morning. Sets my mind at ease It's always good To have a friend in weed A friend in weed A friend in weed A friend in weed Is a friend in schedule's totally confusing. So rather than waste your time this semester, we're going to jump right in with both feet. Uh, what's the product? The 80s experience. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Like what? You know, the movies, television shows, historical events, and music from the 1980s. Remember that thing we had about 30 years ago? It's the 80s experience with your host, J.J. Buchanan. I know that, dude. Sunday night starting at 8 on FM 88.5 KSBR. 
take this anymore. If today's crazy world makes you want to scream, then I have the antidote for you. Join me, Don James, host at the Late Night Lounge, where the music is served up chilled and the vibe even cooler. Sunday mornings at 2 or anytime by finding us on the KSBR program schedule and following the easy prompts. It's the Late Night Lounge, Sundays at 2 a.m. Pacific on FM 88.5 KSBR. And this is listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. It's a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM. And uh, just want to thank once again Phil Levitt for coming down today from Los Angeles and spending some time with us talking about uh, Seven Horses' brand new CD. It's going to be officially released on the 10th of June. That's uh, just, uh, what, 10, 11 days away. And uh, if you'd like a uh, free download of a tune from the brand new CD, it's called A Friend in Weed. We just heard it a couple of songs ago. Then you can go to sevenhorsefans.com and get a free download of it. That's sevenhorsefans.com. We do have a winner of our uh, second CD. It's Langelo De Silver of uh, Coto De Casa, California. Thanks, Langelo. You've, uh, congratulations. You've won a copy of the, uh, Let the Seven Horse Run, the first CD by, uh, Phil Levitt, Joey Callio, also known as Seven Horse. And those of you that live in uh, South Orange County, they will be performing on the 26th of June in Laguna Beach at the Marine Room. And, uh, you know, if you live in South Orange County, you also know that this time of year, we get what's called May Gray. It uh, then turns into June Gloom, and we sit every morning and wait for the sun. On a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman on listener-supported FM, 88.5 KSBR.
Oh 
college, grew up right with them Indiana boys on an Indiana night.
Young from Ragged Glory on a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman on listener supported FM 88.5 KSBR. Right before that, LA based band Dawes. And if I wanted someone, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, of course, and Mary Jane's Last Dance. The Jayhawks and the Doors had us waiting for the sun. Interestingly enough, waiting for the sun by the Doors did not appear on the album of the same name. It appeared on Morrison Hotel and Waiting for the Sun, the Jayhawks. This is a whole nother thing. My name is Bob Goodman. We do this every Saturday. You and I hang out, listen to a lot of great tunes, much of it stuff you're not going to hear anywhere else, certainly not presented in the same fashion. And we're going to be right back, I promise. Welcome to Making Your Memories with Joe Dean, the doctor of doo We're going to highlight the music of the 50s and the early 60s. The groups, the duos, single performers with emphasis on the doo sound. Join us Sundays at 10 p.m. for Making Your Memories. Exclusively on FM 88.5 KSBR. And we're back on a whole nother thing. Just a reminder that the Mission Viejo Animal Services Center and Dedicated Animal Welfare Group, also known as DOG, D-A-W-G, is hosting the 20th Annual Dog Walk and Pet Fair. This fun-filled family event includes an impressive display of canine athletes in action, pet contests, and wildlife exhibits, as well as the opportunity to adopt a loving dog. Enjoy refreshments, entertainment, music, raffle prizes, and much, much more. The Dog Walk and Free Pet Fair is scheduled for Saturday, June 21st at the Village Green at Oso Viejo Community Park, same place we have the bash every year. For more information, please visit dawg.org. Just a reminder that... uh, If you missed any part of today's show, our uh, conversation with Phil Levitt of Seven Horse and would like to catch up, well, you can do that quite easily. Every Sunday morning, I upload my uh, previous day's show to my archive site, and the best way to navigate there is go to ksbr.org, and you'll see program schedule there, 3 p.m. You'll see a whole other thing. Just click on that. It's a cyber link that'll take you to my website called Whole Nother Thing, where I have a page called MyPod. I have shows in their entirety going back to January of 2011. So uh, you can have Whole Nother Thing to your heart's delight. I just can't take this anymore. I just can't take this anymore. If today's crazy world makes you want to scream, then I have the antidote for you. Join me, Don James, host at the Late Night Lounge, where the music is served up chilled and the vibe even cooler. 
Sunday mornings at 2 or anytime by finding us on the KSBR program schedule and following the easy prompts. It's the Late Night Lounge, Sundays at 2 a.m. Pacific on FM 88.5 KSBR. And we're back on a whole nother thing. Arthur Lee and love. Oh, the snot has caked against my pants. It has turned into crystal. There's a bluebird sitting on a branch. I guess I'll take my pistol. I've got it in my hand. Because he's on my land. And so the story ended. You, you know it all so well. Oh, shit, you need I'll tell you. Yes, I'll see you sitting on the couch I recognize your artillery I have seen you many times before Once when I was in India And I was on my land why can't you understand? And so the story ended. Do you know it all so well? Or should you need I'll tell you?
Now, there's one you're not going to hear anywhere else. Jerry Corbetta and Sugarloaf. Remember 1970s Green-Eyed Lady? Well, they weren't just a one-trick pony. They released an album called Spaceship Earth, and this emerged from it. tune called Tongue in Cheek, Sugarloaf. And right before that, the great Jeff Skunk Baxter wailing on the guitar in Bodhisattva courtesy of Steely Dan, and start things off with, as I remind you, one of my favorite, the favorite album of mine of all time, Loves Forever Changes and Live and Let Live. This is a whole other thing. My name is Bob Goodman. Thanks once again for sharing your Saturday with me. I know you have other things you can be doing, and I want to thank once again, if you're still uh with an earshot on the 5 freeway heading north. Phil Levitt, thanks once again uh, for making an enjoyable afternoon and sharing your music with us on this uh, last Saturday of May. And by the way, it's uh, Phil's and his bride Genevieve's anniversary. Now that wasn't supposed to happen. It's a whole nother thing with Bob Goodman.
says she never saw ya Scratch my back that wonderful recording called Beggar's Banquet, The Stones and Straight Cat Blues on listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. My goodness, where did time go? It just flew by, man. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Phil and the music from the new CD, Songs for a Voodoo Wedding from Seven Horse. And uh, thanks for all that uh, participated in the contest. We had two winners today, one in Lake Forest and one in Coto de Casa. Hey, this is Bob Goodman saying thanks once again for letting me play some records for you. We'll do it again next Saturday. Next Saturday, our feature will be Robin Trower. Great guitar player. Robin Trower, still going strong. It's going to be touring in October in the U.S. And then uh, not on the West Coast, though, mostly East Coast states. Hey, be kind to your fellow human beings. Next time I see you, it'll be the month of June. As I said, be kind to your fellow human beings. After all, we're all we got. And be careful out there. I'll see you.